It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. I know we don't control it, but we've got to do something about that song. I like that song. It's you're going to hush. What does that mean? It's the it's the downtown headphone bar. Why? That makes zero sense to me. But good for those people if they're getting business out of it. You gotta go there to. I don't want to do that. I could. I. I can just sit in my basement and listen to headphones. You, me, and Randy, and we go beer. there. We would have a swell time. So you go to this bar specifically to not have to talk to anybody else. Well, I mean, you can. That would be great. I would have a good time there. <laughs> that would be great. You wouldn't be in a place where if you're they trying serve to, pizza. We're trying to out yell everybody. Yeah. Well, do they serve pizza? Honest, Bud Light? Honestly, Tommy, Bud Light. I describe don't know this pizza. bar to me. You wear headphones and you click on different. Uh, there are three different stations you can move to on the on the headset. Like one's like current music, one's like classic rock or classic rap. So it's basically you have, the I Heart, like you have the iHeart Radio app. Three different stations though, and your headphones light uh, light up whatever station you're on. And are everybody's there... li- dancing to different music. But you're all in tune somehow. The last time I wore headsets like that was when we toured Alcatraz. Like three years ago, or like Chris, Chris and I toured the book depository. <laughs> yeah, the together. book depository has those as well. Yes, I've done that. Yeah, That's true. We do that every. Did you guys dance together at the book of at, no at the book depository? No, we did not. Wow, what a weird start! But I'm telling you, like I've been moaning about that intro for years now. We got it. I mean, it sounds like a really lame intro to like the show Jersey Shore. Okay, like I'm just waiting for Mike. Uh, what was his the name? Situation. The situation. Yeah. <laughs> the pop. We got a situation um, <laughs> here on Cyclone Insider. What do you want? Some week. pirate music? What's going on with the pirates today? Y'all came That's in not me. I walked pirates. in here and Birchie told it's me happy National Pirates Day. National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Mike Leach is probably having a heyday out in Washington today. I bet. Yeah. Big, big pirate guy. R. <laughs> Who isn't? Um, okay. A lot to get to. Of course, we're going to uh, recap Iowa State Akron. More probably look at the first three weeks of the of the season. Um, before we do that, though, oh, also we have a guest coming up here later on in the hour, Randy. We have uh, who? Who we? Brad have Weber. Brad Weber. Tyrese Halliburton's coach. So that if you don't know who Tyrese Halliburton is, we're going to talk about him right now. We're going to leave with a little bit of Iowa State basketball recruiting stuff here. Change things up on Cyclone Insider before we dig into football. Uh, Prome Tommy's gotten two commitments in a week. Yeah. After a long drought, it seems that things are back in order. And they're really big gets, too. I mean, the the first one, getting Griffin, really kind of set the stage for him to go out and, and help recruit other guys. He, he'd even said after he committed, you know, now my job is to go out and help out and get other guys. And he helped land a big one, and now they've got their sights set on a, a third guy, too. So the the fact that you you strike heavy with that first swing is is a big one. Yeah, Randy, I mean it, it's a pretty this is a very big generalization, but I think a safe one to go on. Anytime you beat Kansas for a basketball recruit, you're doing something right. That's that's what I thought, and that's why I wrote that. I thought that was significant and obviously I got the the predictable response saying that Kansas didn't have a spot for for a guy um whatever he is, 6'6", 
guy like that. Four star um, recur. They didn't have a spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, when, and that's fine. I don't care. That's that's fine. Iowa State Kansas. They did offer him. Iowa State though. got it, and they I mean, did offer him, and he was going to visit there too. He yeah. canceled a visit, so that's that's fine. Um, like you said, he needed to. Steve needed needed uh, to start connecting on some on some recruits, and he did. And and um, he's got two more two scholarships left, and we all know what the two targets are right now. And if he gets one of those two. He'll be good. I mean, it sounds like the the George Condit, the legacy recruit, dad played at Iowa State. He right. was like a football player, right? Right. Yeah, back in the 70s. Right. He's making his announcement on October 2nd. Right. And then uh, the Horton Tucker, what's his first name? Talon, Talon? Horton Tucker. Yeah. Talon? Talon? Ta- I don't know. Talon um, or Talon? And it, he seems to be in play just in the sense that Michigan State just snagged a kid who plays the right. exact same position as him. I thought that Michigan State and Izzo would be Iowa State's top competition. I did, I did too, and, and and I think Michigan is involved in there too a little bit. Yeah. There's a lot of people involved in there. Condit, Condit is, is Iowa State or, or Illinois. Um, I think I think that's – and he is friends with, with um, Zion Griffin. They do know each other. So yeah, I mean we so we'll spent, see how that we'll see how that turns out. We spent a lot of our summer here on Cyclone Insider discussing a lot of whiffs by the Iowa State basketball mm-hmm. staff on the recruiting trail. But Tommy it appears they've gotten the ship righted. Everybody seems excited about this once again. Well, and especially the point guard. I mean, whenever Steve Prome goes after a point guard, you gotta feel pretty good about that type of player, at least that he sees the potential and has the ability to develop them from Isaiah, uh, you know, from Cannon, from Payne to to Monte Morris, who, um, you know, we got two good years out of. So, and he sees something out of Halliburton, too, which, you know, everything that I, you know, I read and saw about the kid, the one thing that really jumped out to me was I saw Cody Goodwin wrote a seven-foot wingspan. That, that really jumped out at me because – it looks like he definitely has some 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 potential on defense to be able to help too. Um, I'm good on this. I, I think it's football season. I mean, we're gonna have the kids coach on here yeah. later on. Should we move on to football? Do you have anything last? Sure. No, to, uh, that's to, we're good. We'll to get add back. To this? We'll get back into it. Yeah, we'll get. I mean, back he's got to... two guys left, and um, yeah, we'll know that the signing day is what middle of November 11 to 18 or something. Yeah, like something that. like and that. It's right at the beginning of November. We'll know very shortly. Usually. All right, um, Iowa State goes on the road, wins at Akron. And Pete, I, I totally, I loved your column after the game. I totally agree with it. Uh, I was kind of distant on on Saturday, and right. so I watched the game completely in the dark later on. And in my my takeaway was was exactly what Matt Campbell came out and said, where it's like, yeah, you won, but. I didn't think they played that well. I didn't either. Look at the secondary, for example. Akron players were getting behind Iowa yeah. State secondary, and I don't know whether that was because they held Kamari Cotton Moya out. He was he had his right arm in a sling, by the way. I don't know whether they that was because of that. Um, I, I I don't get it. But Iowa State's secondary is better than what they showed on on Saturday. Yeah, even so, Peavy got beat a couple yeah, times. And that, yeah. It and, seemed you know, like it was the corners getting beat most of the times really, really bad. And a, probably a decent quarterback torches them for yeah, they, more touchdowns. Yeah, I would agree with that. But Pete, I like. I just yeah. liked how you pointed out Campbell's comments after the game where he wasn't like he wasn't even really celebratory. Not at all. And I like that. I like that out of a coach. So many, so many, how many games have we all 
been to covered where a team wins by one or two points and the coach says, I'm just happy to get off the field or the court with a victory. Campbell's not going to do that. And we saw that back the very first game he coached when they lost against Northern Iowa. We saw we heard Campbell after the game say this was an embarrassment. Our fans deserve better than this. From that day on, that was kind of a, 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 mm-hmm. a you know red flag to me that, this hey, this is cool. You know, we're, we've got a coach that's going to tell it like it is. And, yeah, Iowa State got 508 yards offense. They could have maybe got more. I mean, they they pulled Jacob Park the last couple of series. Um, yet there were some annoyances among not only the coaching staff but the players also, which which to me is, is a sign that, that, okay, this program has taken that next level where you're now not happy just to win. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you this, working with fans every day, Tommy, that that was certainly the case on Cycle and Fanatic on Saturday night. Like, I mean, there were some people who were like, yeah, we're 2-1, and one, and we beat a MAC team 41-14, it's what you should do. And that's certainly all correct. Very nitpicky, though. Yeah, Very nitpicky. They, it's like a different type of tone around here. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at the stats from the game and you actually watch the game, it's almost like the game was... The game stats were a little misleading because Iowa State hobbled into halftime, and Akron really had a chance to, you know, make that a game in the second half. I think they Which got the ball. I got the ball. Throw first. one thing out here real quick. Yeah, Akron was terrible. They were, and I think that's part of the problem when it comes to uh, part of the reason why Iowa State was so disappointed with how they won that game because, like I said, they stumble in the halftime. Um, you know, a halfway decent team would have taken advantage of that opportunity coming out uh, out out of halftime because then you know you you really felt like things were about to maybe spiral out of control for Iowa State. And probably in the past would have, especially when Garrett Owens on that first drive, Iowa State marches down the field and then Garrett Owens missed that chip shot. Oh, like wow, they're yeah. totally leaving the door open for this cruddy Akron team to march through. And I, I think that's part of the reason where, you know, there, there's so much maybe distaste on a lot of people's mouths knowing most teams would have taken advantage of the opportunities that Iowa State left open for them. Now, having said that, um, they did what they should have done. Yeah. They won three out of the four quarters. Yeah, and let, now let's take a let's take a 182, Pete, because at the end of the day, and every, I agree with everything Tommy just said for what it's worth, and... Gave a lot of that same analysis yesterday on our show. Um, I've seen Iowa State teams lose that game too. So, sure. like, let's uh, everybody can be nitpicky. I still think at the end of the day, Matt Campbell slept well at night. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that the standards are a little bit higher now, and there's a different place where this team wants to go. But you still took care of business on the road and really had a convincing win. I mean, they, uh, I this, never felt like Iowa State would lose that game, regardless of how close it, it got. That game was never out of control. Um, the, the Iowa State defense, he's got, and he mentioned this. He was pleased with the way Braxton Lewis played. He was play, He was pleased with the way the defensive line played. Oh, my gosh, there were six sacks. Um, Iowa State sacked quarterback six times. And granted, they're not playing the great greatest team in the world, and they called that the third largest crowd in stadium history, and if you put all those people, if they would have sat close together, the stadium actual crowd would have been a th- <laughs> how big? I'm not gonna. I'm, I get it's not a very big. Stadium. I was gonna say a third full, if that. No, 
They well, it didn't it look like it on 000. TV. It wasn't. They called it 20,000 in August. There, there were more people in Iowa State's marching band than probably Akron's entire I would band say, band. yeah, I would say the marching band and, the, and the, the hundreds of Iowa State fans that showed up, I would say that, that comprised half the crowd, without question. I don't have any problem saying that. And I that think, was... And I think in the past, maybe Iowa State doesn't lose this game, but they at least make it a lot closer sure. uh, than it should have been. So I think that's a positive sign moving forward is, you know, hey, there have been a couple of times this season where they've dealt with the low adversity for the most part. They've handled it well. I mean, that first game against you and I, there were a couple of times where you felt like you and I could make a run at mm-hmm. Iowa State responded well that Iowa game there were a couple of times where we were like you know, they're down and dead this game is over got back on their feet and delivered a big punch and like you guys said in this Akron game Do you maybe think- that's a team in the past that I don't know if they'd lose but it ends up being a 10-point game instead th- of that outcome. Do you, do you think, Randy, that they were a little hungover from the Iowa week and then you combine the lack of a crowd? I don't know. I, I don't. There, I don't around. because they came out and played a very good first quarter. Okay. So they came out right out of the shoot and 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 played well. So I don't think, I don't think that happened. Um, I think they maybe let off the pedal there a little bit in the second. Uh, the second, second quarter, quarter was, got comfy. Yeah, yeah, it was something went haywire there in the second quarter. But but when you look at the statistics, Warren Ball, Akron's top rusher, gained only forty yards. I mean, so. Um, Iowa State did a good job against the rush. The passing, it's got to be concerning to Iowa State coaches that the, that, um, the zippers passed for, for almost 300 yards, 293 yards. That's got to be somewhat concerning. And like I said earlier, that really surprised me that the, that the secondary, um, was not good on that day. Anybody, anybody ask after the game about drops? You're starting to see a bit of a trend with Iowa State. Yeah, there weren't receivers. seven. There were what seven against Iowa. I don't know whether there, there weren't were seven. as many, but and still it, notable. I asked. I actually asked uh, Manning that you know leading up to the game and kind of yeah. talking to him about you know watching the Iowa film. How tough is it, or was it going back and watching that film and seeing so many drops? And you know he kind of sideswiped the question, didn't really answer, it, and just kind of said, you know, it's like look, there are so many simple mistakes that we're making besides drops you know jacob parks you know especially in that akron game is ear mailing passes um you know out of reach of receivers or leaving them hanging out to to dry in the middle of the field at times and it, it's just so many different mistakes that you know you don't want to just pinpoint just the drops but it's like we've said in the past it's it should well, be iowa state's strongest best and should be most consistent unit, and they're anything but that so far this season. I will go this far to challenge Coach Manning and say that you have a quarterback who's completing 67% of his passes, and there's been well over 15 drops so far on the season. Like, give him half of those, and he's right in the Baker Mayfield world as far as completion percentage. So, I I mean, I, I get it. I, I I don't want to, I'm not calling out Manning. I think he's been yep. great this year. But I, I think to ignore the fact that your wide receivers keep, especially Alan Lazar, they continue to drop passes. Won a game. Yeah, and it's like, man, like I get it. Like You can do that against Akron and win. And even, you know, the Iowa game, I mean, you were still right there. But you start doing that against Oklahoma State and TCU and some of those offenses. Where, where you're going to need every yeah, where touchdown. Yeah, possessions everything. are just so important. They're, 
that will come back to haunt them at some point. I think it already has. With it, kind of, it did against Iowa. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, you talk about the Butler drop at the end of the game, and just I mean, Lazard. How many did he have? I mean, it's 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 definitely alarming because I think we expect so much from that unit, and we should because. There is so much talent. They've got to be a hundred times. Pete, better. let me ask you this: Where is that? Where the hell are the tight ends at? <laughs> Good question. I can't uh, answer that. I, I, I think of, of all the stats, like if Iowa State threw three games, that I'm not gonna say alarming, but surprising. Like it, I thought Chase Allen had more than one. We catch. keep hearing that this, that they're upgrading the the um, the tight ends, and uh, well, then maybe they're holding them back. Maybe they're they're not showing that part of the playbook. I don't have any idea, but they're certainly. Not again. Not throwing to the tight ends. All they're doing is blocking. Um, the tight ends certainly haven't dropped any passes. I'm not certain how <laughs> many the, tar- the tight ends have even been targeted. So well, Chase um, Chase did have that big catch. Um, yeah. in overtime against Iowa. But yeah, right. against Akron. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you can make a case. Akeem Butler is almost lining up like a tight end. Yeah, and I, I actually did that in my Monday column. I, to some degree, you've got a bunch of tight ends running around at wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, the whole theory is that a big body like that is a security blanket for your quarterback. And that's what Butler has been so far. Yeah, but time. still, he's not acting like a tight end. Like, I, I don't know. It's just we heard a lot about that, wanting to get that. And and, and perhaps it will over the course of the year. If, if I were a betting man, which I am, I would say <laughs> that that probably will happen. At some point, it's just like, man, I figured through the three – Non-con, you would see yeah. more of that because he's th- really not being targeted. The either. most active that we see the tight end unit is when they get near the goal line and they bring out that jumbo package, package where they have Chase Allen and Sam Seabuckner and line up uh, just as kind of sixth and seventh offensive linemen almost. Yeah, they bring the, the double tights. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I don't know what I can what I can add to that, but but certainly if you're not going to use Chase Allen, then you know, I think you're wasting a a a very significant talent and i don't know you know he's just a freshman maybe he doesn't you know he's still learning the playbook to a certain extent but uh um they i think they're going forward they've got to get the tight ends i just think it would open up so much more on the outside well exactly i mean lazard right now has proven that that he and jacob park have a very good synergy with that with the the one-on-one pass when when mm-hmm. when Allen's in the corner of the end zone, he's making that catch. He's he'll drop. He may he may muff the the twelve yarder over the middle. He may muff that one, but he's making that catch, the one in the end zone. But uh, yeah, they need to get the the. Um, I think they need to get the tight end more involved to get more diversity in the offense. Um, you know, and even even throw to to David Montgomery. A little bit. He yeah, caught. Like, five, although like he caught five. Yeah. He caught five on, on on Saturday. I do like that. I do that. Like kind of on the flip well. side, though. I mean, you you talk about, you know, kind of taking, maybe some of the attention off guys like Lazard and Butler. It seems like every game there's kind of a third option that becomes the you know the the next guy in almost for Iowa yeah. State in the U and I game. It was Trevor yeah, Ryan. Ryan or Jones uh, or in the Akron game. It Marchie. was Deshante Jones and and Marchie Murdoch. And I think in the Iowa game, Marchie Murdoch a little bit and, and Matt Eaton. So they're at least finding ways to complement each other. All right. When we come back, we are going to have the the most popular portion of the Cyclone Insider program. It's where Tommy and Randy get to argue about letter grades that they're giving the Iowa State units from the previous week. 
It's always uh, it's always great fun. We're going to do that. And then coming up uh, in the third segment of tonight's program, Brad Weber. He is the uh, high school coach from the, the big basketball commitment that the Cyclones received on Monday. More Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register coming up next here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. It's time for letter grades. Iowa State's 41-14 win over the Zips of Akron. Uh, Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register join me. Uh, Brad Weber, the high school coach from Tyrese Halliburton, the new Iowa State basketball commit, will join us in the next segment. Um, I always enjoy Randy's. Randy would be like the worst, the last professor you would want if you went to college. Difficult grader. Very difficult. He's got a track record of this. Uh, back in the day, he used to just hand out Fs constantly. There was no gray area. There was no... Uh, when you're 2-10 and 10 and 3-9? and nine? Okay, sure, let's give him an A. I, 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 a for you, what? You want to pass somebody. What? <laughs> so uh, what do you give the Iowa State offense for Saturday, Randy? I give the Iowa State offense on Saturday a B. I think they were passable. A B? Okay. Yeah. What fell asleep? they fell asleep? to get an A? Played the second quarter. Oh, okay. Um... They were, you know, like Tommy said, they were. Jacob overthrew some guys, but I don't think he's going to ever go 33 out of 33 in a game. He had oh. he did not throw an interception. He threw a couple touchdown passes. David got 127 yards rushing. Jacob Park showed me some some uh, moxie with his scrambling, his rushing a little bit. So um, Johnny Lang got a carry, minus two yards. I I would say I would say. A B. I, I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot to, about which to complain. Um, he didn't get sacked, so I think. I think we're good there. So, so solid B. A solid. Solid B. B. Tommy, where's your grade for the Iowa State offense? I go way minus. There. You look at Jacob Park right now. Uh, another very solid game. He is on track to break a ton of Iowa State single season uh, quarterback records. Um, you know, yeah, the drops kind of suck. Um, the offensive line didn't open up, you know, consistent holes for the running game. But and and they didn't they didn't bring Akron didn't bring a ton of pressure. But still, Iowa State uh, didn't allow a sack. Um, good game by David Montgomery. Mike Warren reached the end zone too. Um, so very solid effort. And I would say just because there's a little room for improvement, that's why I go way minus. I give them a C just because they're not using the tight end. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind I'm that. Not, I, I would give him a round to see though overall, and the only reason I say this is because of. Um, and and I, I was half joking on the tight end thing because I made such a big deal out of it in the first segment, but I just think like so. Park's great. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, Montgomery is great. Mm-hmm. I, they're still not consistent enough with the wide receivers, and they're still not run blocking. I mean, it, it, the they're not going to run block. It's, it's this team's not going to run block. Yeah, I'm starting to realize that. It's but, not. Here, but here's you, my the issue. The good thing is David Montgomery doesn't True. need that against Akron. You don't. This is my issue, though. And again, it comes down to okay. Do you want to win some games in the Big Twelve? And every the obvious answer to that rhetorical question is yes. At some point like we saw with Baylor last year and we saw with Oklahoma State last year, you're going to have to line up on third and one yep. and gut it out and get some yards. 
And I know Montgomery is really good, and he, unlike some backs of the past, gives you the ability to bounce out and get some yards on his own, which he's obviously done. But, man, I, I need to see them continue to improve in that aspect. They're never going to be great, like you alluded to, Randy. That's never going to be this Lions bread and butter. They still don't have the guys, the rogue grader type of offensive linemen. But I'm still not seeing any second-level blocking from this unit, and I'm looking forward to you know, where, where does this team want to be? They've got to have more push up front and less pressure on David Montgomery, which in return will be less pressure on Jacob Park because, man, that's really hard to do as a quarterback when it's third and four and it's third and three and they they can just pin their ears back and they know exactly what's coming. My question is, uh, you know, originally the idea we're thinking like, wow, those are perfect spots for Joel Lanning. So far we've only seen him – a couple of times in that role. Is that how it's going to be moving forward, or are they just kind of holding those cards close to the chest for, you know, down the road during Big 12 play? I'm a little surprised we haven't seen more of of Joel Lanning in those type of situations because, to me, probably the most puzzling play calling for Iowa State, I think Iowa State does a great job marching down the field. It's once they get in to those short yardage situations, usually around the goal line, that they seem a little bamboozled. They're they're not a good short yardage, yeah, offense, Randy. And that, that, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know whether that would be that was. Uh, is, I don't is Lanning him. really going to be better at that role than David Montgomery? I think it. Yeah, I kind of think it depends on who you're playing. To. Yeah, I think if you throw Lanning out there against a wet paper towel that is Texas Tech's defense or even Akron, right? I think he'd do what he did last year against Texas Tech. It's in, but it's w- like, man, when when Gary Patterson's there or when that Iowa defense was there, I don't know how fooled they're going to be by anything like that. When you're watching this team, they're running left. So what's that in? And, oh yeah, they want to go behind uh, camp. Yeah, Garcia, and Garcia, there on that side. which which makes you wonder. And it, it was, and and Matt made reference to this on Saturday after the game. He this is another thing that he came out and said publicly, which I thought was very interesting. Either Meeker or Foster have to stand up and win that right tackle job, one or the other. Yeah, and because they're they're mixing them both in there now, which is um, okay. Sure, that's all well and you know good against Akron. Somebody's got to step up and win that battle, and win that. Um, you know, against Iowa, it was it was Foster that played whatever they said sixty, sixty-five, Sam seventy, whatever it was. I don't know. And he said that that right now they were against Akron. They tried to go two series on, two series off with Meeker and and um, Sean Foster. So somebody's got to win that win that position, I think. Yeah. No. And then, and a, then maybe some of the rushing will pick up. Yeah. Yeah. I, they'll get better. I I know they will. Sure. Like because we saw it a year ago, the run blocking got better throughout the season. I just I guess I. They've been really good in the pass protection. Park's been great at getting rid of the football, making good reads. He doesn't. He's not turning it over much. They didn't turn the ball over on Saturday, which was a win for that offense. But I'm looking for, you know, I thought they'd be more advanced in that aspect of it than they have been so far. But nonetheless, it's hard to complain when David Montgomery's the fifth or the he's five yards away from being the leading running back in the entire Big Twelve. Maybe mm-hmm. I've, maybe I've gotten ahead of myself here with my expectations. Defense, uh, Randy, I'll let you go first. I'll still say a B. I mean, there are too many, and, and maybe a C. Let's. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, to, let's give him a C. Well, um, I, I mean, don't know. come on, Akron six almost sacks. threw for three hundred yards. Yeah, there. I'm going to go a C. I'm going to go a strong C. You're right. Iowa State had six sacks. Well, that was encouraging. They didn't. They they but, really but held that warm ball. Nonetheless, yeah, and they held ball. Nonetheless. Nonetheless, like we were saying, if they were playing against a good quarterback, they could have got torched. 
the secondary could have got torched um, with with balls that were just not not completed. And they got pretty torched anyway. Two hundred ninety three yards of of passing offense. So yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say a strong C. Landing Landing was Landing gets a plus. By the way, yeah, he was really good. Yeah. Thomas, what do you think? I'm going to go B. Six sacks, two turnovers. Um, kept them. I mean, kept so them, soft. Kept them in. The, you know, <laughs> they only reached the end zone twice. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it could have been worse. I don't think it would have been much worse, but. Just the fact you you win the turnover battle and you get six sacks, it's hard to yeah, the be six, too hard on them. The one the one conclusion I have with Iowa State's defense after watching three games is that they're much better off when they're aggressive because the, crunch the numbers. They're one of the worst third down defenses in the entire country right now. Boy. They're the and, worst in the Big Twelve. Right well, now. And, and, I, and probably my only conclusion to that, and this would be a great question to ask next time we we get to talk to a coach, is it because they've gotten they get less aggressive on third and long? Is that why? I mean, from Northern Iowa to Iowa to Akron, they're bad on third down defense. Why can't they get off the field? Is it because of Schematically, is it just because, is it coincidental? I don't know, but man, when they bring that pressure, they're really pretty good. And how draining is that? They're you know, especially in the Akron game, I came up with the number. I can't remember off the top of my head, but so many of those were third and nine, third and ten, even further away. And it's like, wow, you you've got them pinned deep. You think you're going to get them to get a stop? I mean, one, it's such a such a crushing blow for your defense to be out there for so long, but then the mental hiccup of just constantly being so close and then giving up that big play it's just got to be deflating. Tommy, get out of here. I know you got to get moving. Uh, Randy and I are going to give a call to Brad Weber. Awesome. You can listen on your way up to Ames. Uh, Brad Weber is the head coach of Tyrese Halliburton. He is the point guard who committed to Iowa State yesterday, chose the Cyclones over Minnesota and a host of others. We will talk to him next here. It's the Cyclone Insider Program, courtesy of our friends at the Des Moines Register. Hear it here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, guys, welcome back. Third and final segment here tonight. And, Randy, let's go uh, straight to the phones and talk to Brad Weber. He is the head coach out in Wisconsin of a well, another another future Cyclone coming from the state of Wisconsin yesterday, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, coach Weber, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, good to have you here. Uh, quickly, for you know, let's say there's a Cyclone fan listening here in Central Iowa. I hope there are. Yeah, well, of course there are. <laughs> How would you uh, give us a scouting report on on Tyrese? What kind of a player did Steve Prohm add to his roster yesterday? Yeah, so you know, I think the the type of player that they just added is a um, you know he's a six five six six combo guard. Um, I would say that he's an elite passer who um, you know sees the court extremely well and is, is one of those ultimate team guys, and I know that that term probably gets thrown around maybe too much these days, but he is one that is just happy to play within the scheme of the game, and you know, depending on, on AAU or in high school or even in college, he plays to the strengths of the team, and if that means that's him trying to score more, if that's him passing and, and kind of facilitating for others or just taking what the defense gives him, he's one who's very comfortable playing into 
um, what serves the team best. Because when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, stats, you know, aren't what drives him. It's, it's getting the W. Brad, when I talked to him yesterday afternoon, he told you know, we we got to talking about about his his future after after college basketball, and he said he wanted to play in the pros. And he said, and I said, well, what? How much of a factor did that weigh? You know, what 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 part of that was your decision process at Iowa State? And he brought up Monte Morris. He brought up the other two point guards that that Steve Prom has had in the NBA back when he was um, at Murray. What is 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 Tyrese that kind of player? Is there another level for him? Yeah, I definitely think that, you know, he's a kid that uh, can go and play beyond college. I think we all know that part of that is, is just being lucky, you know, through injuries and those situations. But he is um, skill set wise. He's, you know, set to be there. He needs to physically, you know, put on weight and get stronger. And part of that's just going to be his maturation um, and then the other will be what they do with them and him in the weight room and in the training. But, um, you know, there's no doubt that the success that Coach Prohm has had with, um, you know, recent players playing professionally, but even like a kid like Matt Thomas, who we got to play twice in high school as junior and senior year to see how he grew as a player. Um, and now I believe he's playing in Spain. So, you know, I think every kid dreams about playing in the pros, but Ty's uh, dream is probably a little more realistic than most. Yeah, I, I was actually just going to go there with you, Brad. It just, you know, a wealth of Wisconsin kids have, have come to Iowa State uh, over multiple coaching staffs, and it goes back to the Greg McDermott years. Of course, Fred Hoiber had a success, and, and Steve Prohm inherited some of them. But you got Terrence Lewis now, um, and then Donovan uh, Jackson. Donovan Jackson, yeah, uh, Burton. I'm just interested in. You know, you're sitting there in, in Wisconsin. What's the view of Iowa State? Because, man, it just seems like a program that you guys would be following quite often. Yeah, no, you know, with uh, with all those names you just mentioned, you know, it is one that, you know, the state of Wisconsin, I think, is becoming more and more familiar with because of the players' names that were in our state. You know, uh, what Iowa State brings to the, to the table, obviously, is nationally televised games. You know, uh, Big 12 is is no joke of a conference for basketball. And then the success in the NCAA tournament, getting there and winning. Um, you know, I think all of that as when you're sitting in Wisconsin as a, as a player and a coach, you know, you, you get to see and, and know Iowa State better than maybe some of the other, even sometimes a Big Ten team because of their success and because of the players that, um, you know, have come out of our state. I was talking to Gary Close about this um... Today, you know, I assume you know Gary Close. Yeah, um, former absolutely. former Iowa assistant coach, former Wisconsin assistant coach, who's now doing he's got shot shot doc, shot doctor basketball clinics, something like that. Um, going, he I asked him about the same thing today when I talked to him this morning, and he said he he gave a plethora of reasons, but he said the state of Iowa, and he's been here, so he knows our state. The state of Wisconsin, obviously, he's there now. He said they're very, very similar in the fact that both high school kids in both states get wonderful um, um, high school coaching. So congratulations to you, Brad. And Bob also Brad. and also AAU programs are able to handle themselves, can play, can compete with, with anybody nationally. Do you see that? Do you see that as well? Yeah, I would. You know, and that that's a great, um, you know, parallel, I think, between the states. The other one that I would probably add in there is the fan base, you know, okay, that, yeah. that I think it's pretty passionate about their sport. 
and maybe that's because you know in in the Midwest we get so much snow that you know you got to find something to keep the blood boiling. But um, yeah, I would say that AAU wise, you know, obviously each program is different, but traditionally Iowa and Wisconsin, you know, are about development in those AAU programs, and so there is a you know a coaching level that that goes on that I don't know if you see in other parts of the country. Has Tyrese played other sports? You know, growing up he did. He, you know, in, in youth, he, in middle school, he played, um, you know, football. I know he did a little bit of track, but since he's been in high school, he has just been a basketball player. Okay. Uh, coach Brad Weber, uh, he's the head coach of Tyrese Halliburton, who committed to Iowa State yesterday. Uh, coach, we appreciate your time. Uh, really great to catch up with you, and we're, we're looking forward to, to watching Tyrese play in Cardinal and Gold here in about a year from now. Thank you very much for your time. Hey, appreciate uh, having you guys, and I look forward to listening to you now and following you. All right, that sounds <laughs> Thanks, good. We, we look forward to that as well. Uh, Brad Weber there from uh, from uh, over in Wisconsin. He, uh, you know, Pete, the interesting thing about that is just that the Wisconsin connection you know, with Otzelberger leaving, I think we all kind of, there's really no Wisconsin ties on this current staff, but I, that's why I asked him about that. It was kind of a pipeline type of question because, man, once you open up that familiarity, it makes it a lot easier to to go back. And you're seeing Steve Prome really not not mess around. He yeah. understands how valuable of an area that is to recruit. We're kind of stealing the thunder of what I'm writing about. Oh, okay. That, sorry. That, that's no, no, no. That's 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 fine. That's Tease fine. it. Tease it. No, yeah, that's that's fine. Um, it started in 2006 with Mac. I talked to Mac today. Um, I talked to um, TJ. It started in 2006, essentially, with Mike Taylor. Yep. And then it's it's Deontay it's Garrett progressed ever since. Yeah. Deontay yeah. Garrett's the first one I think of because Taylor was a JUCO, but yeah, he was right. definitely yeah. from Milwaukee yeah. as well. Exactly. So it's 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 really interesting. And and um, yeah. Now now we've seen what's happened at Iowa State. Buzzkill, if you want to if you want to say this, but. We've seen what happens, not just Iowa State, but but a lot of places. They got to get here first, okay? And we've seen that. If they don't sign the early national letter of intent on what is that, November 11th to the 18th or something like that, there should be some red flags. So, I'm guessing both of these guys signed the signed the letter of intent, um, and he's got two scholarships left, and he's out now, looking for those two. I think he was probably t- prom. Now I'm talking about was talking to one of those at least so far today already. So. Um, we'll see, but 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 the next key date for Iowa State fans are is November 11th, the, the early signing day. Yeah, I feel like the Darius McNeil at least was kind of a that one was kind of out there mm-hmm. about how that played out. I don't I feel like that was a different type of recruitment. Yeah, it was than, than these guys are. Right? No, no, no. Fans no. are concerned. But, yeah, but I'm looking at, at Justin. No, you know, for example, at the last minute he got flipped. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at Malou, he had a problem getting in. Yep. It didn't oh, ever yeah. get their Cam. Get yeah. Cam Lard had problems getting in. Um, you know, so so yeah, um I think both of these recruits, both of these commitments will work out the way it's planned. I'm pretty sure they will, but you really never know. No, you really don't. All right, we got about uh five minutes left in the program here. Cyclone Insider, Des Moines Register here on fourteen sixty KXNO. 
Uh, Tommy Birch already on his way up to Ames for some work. Randy Peterson's with me. Let's take a, just a real quick look at next week, Randy, because Texas comes into town. It'll be one of those Thursday night ESPN games where Iowa State has a great opportunity. I mean, there are going to be a lot of eyeballs on that game, being that it's Texas. Yeah. And, the, I mean, it's going to be close to a toss-up. Texas will be a slight favorite in the game, I believe. But, I mean, this is a great opportunity for Iowa State with a ton of eyeballs to really legitimize itself, I think, in this Big 12 season going forward. You know, and if Iowa State doesn't win this game, you know what that means? Iowa State's got to go 4-2 and two to go to a bowl game because they're not going to beat Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. I don't think so either. So they got to go 4-2 and two to win a bowl, to go to a bowl game. So, yeah. So they got to win this game. I mean, it's 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 plain and simple like that. So it will be electric, like you said. Um, How do you think the crowd will be? Jacked. Well, I feel like the ones who are there, but they usually have a harder time drawing that Thursday night game if it's not enough. I think they'll have a hard time on this one. Well, I, think, I don't. Well, okay, now let me clarify myself. Yeah. When I say a hard time drawing, they're still going to get 50,000. But, like, I don't know. Like they, th- It's harder to draw like your casual fan on a Thursday night than it is I, on a Saturday afternoon. Maybe, maybe, but I'd be surprised if they don't have 61.5, if they don't really? sell it. Yeah, I hope so. It's the Big 12 opener. We've made, we've made a big deal of, of, of Tom Herman coming back and everybody liked Tom Herman if you got to know him you liked him he wasn't here in names that long but but he was he's a good guy it's Texas for guys sakes we all know how the past Texas games have gone and we like we said it's a yeah. Thursday night game and big 12 opener and and let's face it it's in I September was, that helps and it's, yeah the weather's going to be wonderful if not oh, by seven o'clock it will be won't be 90 degrees and 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 one other thing that's that's extremely important to this this Iowa State football team, for a change, is entertaining to watch. Yeah, it really they're is. They're fun to watch. They're absolutely. Yeah, it really is. You're right. They're 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 cool to watch. Um, so for all those reasons, yeah, I would be, I would be, surprised if it's not sixty-one-five. What do you think about the job Herman's done so far? It's been an interesting year in Austin. Yeah, it it, it it's it is interesting, and the way they bounce back and played against against Southern Cal. I thought they looked good. Oh, I thought they looked very good too. Yeah, and that made me that made me at least think of 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 you know about okay, can Iowa State you know win this game? I thought initially, yeah, it's a cinch, a lock cinch that Iowa State's going to win going to win that game. Well, the way they looked against Southern Cal at Southern Cal against a very good Southern Cal team, what are they four five in the country something mm-hmm. like that? That that opened my eyes. Um, with a freshman quarterback, I believe, for, for yeah. playing for Texas. Herman, did you read Tom's quotes after the game? What did he say? Interesting. Um, and it, it was weird because I wrote this on my Monday column. I wrote it like 6 a.m. And then he talked about the same thing on the Big 12 teleconference. The He's like, you know, losing that Maryland game may not have been the worst thing for us. That's weird. But, yeah, no, I, I get it, that. Just in the sense of yeah. – uh, I get that. It brought everybody back down to earth, the fans They've maybe. They've had such a hype-filled offseason right. there yeah. because of Tom and the attention that he brings right. and to And it's not like they program. lost against, who I don't know who. They didn't um, lose to an FCS team or Liberty. anything like that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, I did a podcast with Jeff Woody earlier today who clearly knows a lot about yeah. football. And, and he's not he's not ready to anoint Texas yet after what no, he saw on Saturday. But, I think I'd probably go farther than Jeff would on that. I think that they're a... There's you can't deny their talent. It was always the ca- question was strong of you know can you get them to play to that talent? I think Herman will get that out of them. 
who knows when. Hopefully for Iowa State's sake, it'll be later on in the year than now. I would think Iowa State's going to have to throw the ball too. I mean, so they're going to have to yeah. figure some stuff out in the Yeah, and it's a huge challenge for Texas's defense. Yeah, there, and, and, there's no and, doubt. And like we said, the, the there's been Iowa State, Texas, for some reason have you know played very interesting games against one another. So they I'm, sure have. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I wish they were playing Saturday. I don't like having off. I Saturday. hate bye weeks. I do too. It's it's just you get in a rhythm and you're all excited and you know what you're doing. Your body says knows what you're doing, and then all of a sudden you're not at a game at four hours before it starts, and your body said, "What are we doing?" Yeah. No. I'm, I mean, I'm fan, the, the people listening to us don't understand that. They they don't get that, but, but it's it's true. Pete, thanks, man. Appreciate your fun. time. Thank As you. always, uh, Pete and I will be back uh, with Tommy Birch next Tuesday. And then, uh, of course, tomorrow from 5 to 6, you can hear Hawk Central with Chad Lystico and Mark Emmer from the Des Moines Register. Ross will be hosting that. We will be at Up Down. Thanks for listening tonight, everybody. We appreciate it. Have a great Tuesday evening.